This is the Chronicle Podcast, and we are here to bring you top-notch pro wrestling and sports entertainment, information, and analysis. We also bring you general entertainment, societal talks, and much more. This podcast is hosted on Spotify for podcasters. To keep you informed is our top priority. Please like, subscribe, and share. And now, your host, Samuel Lyon. Hello and welcome to the Chronicle Podcast. This is Samuel Lyon. It's Tuesday morning take episode seven. I'm so um, happy to get this done today, this morning. It's great to be live here on um, Chronicle, um, the Chronicle Podcast. Actually, that's the podcast um, for your listenership. Um, you know, we, we are anchored by... Spotify, uh, Spotify, my podcaster. I'm so elated to be here this morning. Um, joining me, making his return. Uh, if you listened last week's episode, you would notice my co-host wasn't part of the show last week, but we had uh, an incredible job done by uh, one of our co-hosts from one of our segments, uh, the informant from our Chronicle podcast on the weekend show. Toby was able to fill in for my co-host, but making his return back on the Chronicle podcast on the Tuesday Morning Takes, Episode 7. Please make welcome to the show my co-host, my partner for Tuesday, the evolutionalist, ID. ID, how the fuck are you feeling this morning? <laughs> First of all, good morning, Samuel. Um, I want to use this opportunity to apologize to our fans out there for not making it to last week's show. Like my network had issues. That was why I wasn't able to connect with my hosts last week. So I'm really sorry, guys. But I promise to give you guys back to back today as it hurts. <laughs> so this morning, um, this this is just a behind the scenes type of thing. So this morning, uh, when when I was calling you to prep, I'm like, oh, okay, are you ready? What's gonna happen? How is today gonna turn out? And you. And you said something like, oh, I, I am tidying things. What the fuck were you tidying? Because I, I told you I was going to be interested in that. And <laughs> I didn't know what to ask you. Of, of the scene. I wanted you to tell us what the fuck you were tidying this morning. Because um, if my head will be going somewhere, please, you know, take me out of, you know, put me out of my misery. <laughs> no, it's not something crazy. Like, I'm still, like, trying to recover from what happened last night on Monday Night Raw. Now, like, the whole... Like, what was the essence of them making Cody and Jim win the titles? Like, don't worry, let me know if you spoil anything. We, we are just starting. <laughs> no, we are not starting. Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Welcome to the raw <laughs> review of the um edition of October 16th edition for Monday Night Raw that emanated from the Paycon Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. It was the season premiere. I mean, these people are always live every Monday night. 
for the past they've been live for the past 30 something years 30 years plus and still counting i'm like you could have no off season no breaks so what's the use of always having this season premium that if you go off and come back for a new season so i know it's just kind of those pr moves to like get old you know it's just want to like oh we are doing season premiere you know it's, it's the fall so we but well we moved I mean, it was um, it was a good show. It was not that you know, as if uh, something big happened. Like, oh, I mean, okay, we had a title change, but man, it was not as if oh, it was a very you know important and very big show. But well, it was actually a good one. So we kicked off this um, the the raw kicked off with um, Sammy Zayn making his way, and Michael Cole was not on the show. I immediately, I was like, that was Kevin Patrick. I'm like, whoa, Michael Cole. I quickly went on, I'm like, what's going on, what's going on? And, you know, discovered that, oh, Cole, you know, one, uh, requested for a week off. I mean, this man has been on seat for the past 26 plus years. And he has missed only two shows. I mean, I, I could I could even take a year off <laughs> if I was him. Well, it's not really easy. Like, it's not easy for that I man. Swear, like, like it's imagine someone like is at his age. He's not only doing for all um, Monday Night Raw, he's also doing for SmackDown as well because on SmackDown, it's always there on the commentator table. And when they go for live events, even premium live events as well, guy, it's not easy. The man even deserves a year. A year like off, like, said. just go and rest. Well, so we found out that, okay, Cole is taking a week off. I mean, he's well-deserved, well-deserved. Week is too small, but well-deserved. So um we kicked off the show with Sami Zayn. You um I um last Friday I know we don't uh we did not uh, we don't you don't review that with me. But last Friday um Kevin Owens was the you know we, we talked about on this show why Cody should be you know you know traded to SmackDown. But that could not have been realistic or logical with them winning the tag team champion at that time because they could float between two shows. And my God, did we have a face of between him and the tribal chief last Friday. So, you know, but, uh, <laughs> and the new GM, you know, re, uh, putting KO back and uh, someone like me, I was like, damn, what will happen to Sammy? Because I really thought about a lot of things. I'm like, it's not as if there's a championship on Raw that you can see Sammy potentially winning because the champions with holding those, the, the champions at this time really need time to, you know, really keep on um, improving and putting their, their name on the mark there, on the marquee there. I was uh, like, what's going to happen to Sammy? Yeah, you get. So we got um, some answers um, tonight. Sorry, last night when Sammy came out and the audience, obviously, whoa, the, the theme song is one of the best thing for Sammy. So Zane, welcome. I, like, talking about theme songs, like, I I hate the fact that WWE keeps on taking out the, the good thing about, because wrestlers, you might not even like what they're doing at the at the current time, like maybe at that time, in, in, at that point in time. But sometimes when they just come out and you just hear that song, you just sing along and like you just cruise with it. So uh, it's really crazy. Shayna Baszler, the former team song, they took it away. They took Johnny Gagano's team song. Like I don't know what the fuck they are playing for him now. Like I, we need the Rebel Heart back. Give me the old team songs back. Let them have their team song at least. If you cannot give them something better, give them their team songs back. Let let us vibe with the song and just say, okay, well. We have it, so I don't know why they keep on messing with their theme songs. I'm, I'm really mad about that, but I'm glad um, Sammy's own is was they gave him back and he's still using it. I like that one because theme songs is really important. I think the one theme song that people is people are sleeping on right now, 
I don't know if you used to vibe to it, but anytime I hear it, I'm like, whoa, I love it. It's Zoe Stark's theme song. Like, I like, hmm. it's something like, I know maybe with time, people will get to notice. I'm like, hmm, that's a nice theme song. So that was just, you know, I wanted to, I was about to digress there, but um, come back to the show. So Sammy welcomes fans to season premiere of Raw. Then says it feels weird for him to be out in the ring by himself after it was announced on Friday <laughs> that Kelvin Owens was the person traded to SmackDown. We're just um, for Jey Uso. We're just saying talking about that. I was just you know telling you about like wow. I was even asking because I'm like, how is he going to do? Now he says it's sad that their partnership ended the way it, it did, but he's also excited for Owens and himself. He says he is able to stand on his own two feet now and show to the world that he's a world heavyweight champion level superstar. Hmm. Okay, I see you. Okay, Sammy Train shots. Zane points out that Jay is the reason for Owens not being on Raw any longer and confesses that while no one was happier to see him move brands, he's struggling a little bit with it now. He says their undisputed tag team championship reigns was tainted by dealing with Judgment Day. And he has mixed emotions about Finn Balor and Damien Priest getting a rematch tonight. He says the last year of his career has by far been the best one. And that's all thanks to the fans. You know, um, before I, I continue, I would just like to say, like in terms of what Sam is saying, you could get that because in as much as we want to always be happy for our friends, you know, when they're doing something good and everything. But when that thing directly affects us, it's i don't know if you if you check my i posted on social media on the green app the whatsapp and i posted the 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 the, the moment the confrontation between jay and sammy which we'll get into it later on the show and like it resonated with me so well because i'm like there are times you want to support somebody but when you supporting them messes with you personally it's it's really hard to choose between you or the friendship, the partnership, or the relationship. But we'll get there, we'll get to take later. So Judgment Day music hits, and Balor, Priest, Rhea, and Dominic Mysterio make their way down to the ring. Balor mockingly points out that Zayn is alone, and Priest says one turn in the side of Judgment Day has now been removed, <laughs> which is uh, quite, uh, you know, uh, referring to Kevin Owens being moved to SmackDown. He, he gets heated by... but uh, He gets heated, but Ripley calms him down and tells him he needs to focus on tonight. Dominic puts him puts her over and says she will defeat Shayna Baszler and Ripley then says Priest and Balor will regain the undisputed tag team championship. She points out that Zayn looks lost and while they used to recruit the lost, they have a different plan for him. She says they want to get rid of him permanently before they surrounded, uh, they surrounded the ring where um, Jay Uso music hits and the, the, the guy um, Jay ran down to the to ringside with two chairs, handing Sammy one of the chairs and, you know, ready to defend, stand with him to fight off the Judgment Day. But Balor gave the signal for the teammates to back down. And, uh, you know, Zayn left the, drops the, 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 um, the chair and walked out, leaving Jay standing alone in the middle of the ring. So uh, and that was like, oh, what is he going to do? Because you could really understand that it's not easy for the young man at, the, at this point in time. So what was your take when you saw um, that opening segment with everything going on with Sammy and what I've said so far? Welcome back to the show, ID. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that segment of Sami Zayn, like, like you said, there is no human being except if you are a human being without a heart that you won't be happy for 
seeing your your friend going into or let me just say your friend is now going to be a better person like I, that's just a clear definition of what Samizin was like trying to say there. Then, um, you know, for a fact, Samizin is actually saying the truth because someone like him to main event WrestleMania this year is already putting Samizin on the map in the sense that Samizin can be a main event player challenging somebody like, oh, um, he can go for Intercontinental or the World Heavyweight Championship. But that is not where I'm seeing Sami. Like, from what I'm hearing, I think his contract might soon expire, I think, next year or so. But be that as it may, the whole segment today just shows that Sami is not going to be it's not going to be a heel any any moment from now. That's just my happiness because as it is right now, we need more baby faces on Monday Night Raw because I don't really get why they have not really capitalized on this um, Drew McIntyre's heel yet, but that I don't want to divert from what we are talking about here. Um, Sammy and Jay and I, I will, if I were the one, I would also have mixed feelings in the sense that it was because of the Judgment Day I lost my taxing titles and now I lost my partner whom we have, we have been to several... Um, we've done so many matches together. We've main-evented WrestleMania. This year was just the best year for us, pinning the bloodline and then defending the tag titles against different kinds of teams. Then all of a sudden, they, they, they tell you that they carry that they have carried your your partner Kevin Owens to SmackDown. For me, I think Kevin Owens is going to do perfectly fine on SmackDown in the sense that no need to dish out any insults to Monday Night Raw, but SmackDown, there are a lot of guys that Kevin Owens co- could actually work with aside from feuding with Roman Reigns because nobody would definitely want to see Kevin versus Roman Reigns anymore. We want to see Kevin facing people like Bobby Lashley. Um, who do we have there again? Just, let me just say that SmackDown is just a place where the main stars uh, are, are being kept because Monday Night Raw, we don't, <laughs> no offense to Monday Night Raw, we don't really have stars on Monday Night Raw like that. And there was something Nick said on Friday, and which is basically the truth that SmackDown is not the number one show because as it is right now, SmackDown has caliber of stars and then them carrying Kevin Owens to SmackDown, you've just finished Monday Night Raw, except if the creative creative writers can come up with something that will outclass SmackDown. Then, um, the issue with Sami Zayn and this judgment day, like, guy, I'm really, like, pissed with how this judgment day is just doing... I don't even know. There are so many people... <laughs> no offense, but there are so many people in the locker room that don't have TV time and you, every single Monday night you are always giving 
Judgment Day and like come on, I don't really get why just they are just like giving judgment day opportunities after opportunities. Like and now we all thought that Sami Zayn was going to like have a fresh start in the sense that he might actually like see how we could face Gunther or maybe along the line face Sephora for the World Heavyweight Championship. Now he's now coming back to meet meeting the judgment day like what the hell is that? Like, what? what... Well, all the best to Judgment Day, though, with Dominic coming out and then saying, <laughs> I don't even know, Seth, they don't even let Dominic speak. And we are saying they are going to reclaim the tag team titles, which is still like, I'm still trying to process everything because, correct me if I'm wrong, Samuel, like, if they really wanted to strip or they, because this thing I call it stripping them the titles. If they really wanted to strip them the titles, then why did you let them win the title at fast lane? You should have not even let them win the title. I don't know if you get where I'm going with you know, this. Because the person that no, I'm I'm com- let me just land first before I get to your pick. Okay. Because the person that was that is supposed to go to SmackDown, correct me if I'm wrong, is Cody Rhodes because he has an unfinished story. So now that they have come, the, that they made them tag team champions, Jay and Cody, like I don't just get why you will make them strip. Because this one, I call it stripping, it is even more than um, Montreal screw job. They are not even up to, <laughs> up to a month and you already return, um, drop the titles to Judgment Day again. Like I, I, I don't really get. So. Cody is actually the best can the best person that they would have traded to SmackDown if they had just creative had just done what they were supposed to do because guy as it is like this there was something Steve Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin said one in his one of, in one of his podcasts I think in 2015 with Triple H whereby he was like saying that nowadays they don't do KFAB again that everything you can just that every superstar should just expect anything at any time which means that when you go behind the scenes they have already told you that this is what is going to happen then when you now go in the fans are like okay this is what they are expecting to see then all of a sudden towards the end of the match you now see something else different like i don't really just understand who is writing for Monday Night Raw, but the segment with Sammy and Jay Uso coming, uh, I mean, um, Jay coming out to aid Sami Zayn. We are just like, let me just, the only thing I will say here is that this is just like a build-up to Survivor Series. Survivor Series War Games in the sense that we might actually see the Judgment Day Go one on one. I mean, the Judgment Day and the Bloodline going against Sami Zayn and any partner of his choosing at Survivor Series. So that's just how I I saw that um, Monday night that segment in particular, because as it is right now for the Judgment Day to say they are going to end Sami Zayn, it means that Sami Zayn is no longer safe on Monday nights, and he is going to need backup and Jay 
is just the perfect candidate for him because I don't really know Cody's side. I don't, I don't, I don't even know why I'm just saying all this thing because it's just pitting me why Cody and Jay lost that title. That's what I'm just talking about you. But let's just move on. When we reach that um, main event, I will really talk about it. But for the Sammy and Jay segment, everything was okay. And Jay coming out to aid Sami Zayn was just the best thing that could happen to Sami Zayn because as it is right now, in the absence of Kevin Owens, Jay is the only one that Sami has at, at the moment because there is no other superstar that you will tell me that is going to assist Sami at this point in time. So that's just my take. You know, um, that's amazing. I still would keep my comment till when we get to where it deserves to be. So uh, we see uh, Ricochet heading down to the ring and we go to break. And when they came back from break, we saw um, we approach, we saw Jay approaching Zayn. And, and this was a very um, one that was emotional. This was one that got me. This is why I love doing what I do. I love doing, uh, I love pro wrestling. This is why I fell in love with wrestling since I was a child. And I'm currently 23. For the past three years, I've, this is what I love. This is what I watch. This is what I, this is my consumption every single week. So watching this was more than, you know, a story to me. It was more than pro wrestling to me. It was real life to me because I could really, you know, um, see myself or see my relationship in, um, in real life yet played out with these two because this was you seeing jay approaching zane and asking if the two of them are okay like i came out to help you and you just left me hanging out there why did you do that so you know zane now you know um i, I responded by saying and um, without why is um okay zane i am jay asking him if it's good and uh, if he's if they are good zane says that owen should be the one that should come out to help him not him but you know, while he is happy for Jay, uh, while he is happy for Jay, Jay has everything going on for him. While he has nothing, bec- while he has nothing, all just because of um, Jay. Cody brought you here, and now you are tag champion with Cody. And I do my best friends retreat to SmackDown. I am not even tag championship, tag champion anymore, all because of you. So you know, Jay says he didn't realize that uh, Zayn felt all of this. Or Zane felt this way, but assures him that he's still in his corner. Jay walks off, and you know, Sammy got pissed that you know he he had that outburst, and you know, um, pushed a ladder, and he was angry. But he ran o- he ran over to Jay to apologize, explaining that it is a tough week for him, that he's happy for Jay, he's just going through a lot in his head at the moment, and he offers his hand to shake him. With Jay playing, they playing, and then you know, Jay now opted to shake him and to hug him instead. And you know, they continued chatting, and Jay was like, you know, whatever I can do for Sammy to you know get his head back in the game and everything. So like, when you looked at that segment, like, what what was your take on that, and how did you view that when it comes to you and your uh, you just you as a wrestling fan, and also how did you view it as a podcaster and co-host to this show? Or, and also, how did you view it as a human being? So you gotta give me your takes in three ways. Um, everything there is just self-explanatory in the sense that 
I, for myself, if I've been working with somebody or I had this working relationship or not even a working relationship, like I grew up with somebody and we've been best of friends almost to the point that we, we people recognize us as brothers. Then all of a sudden we progress, we become successful and all of a sudden you now like take my brother away from me. Like somebody like me, I'm using myself in a real life situation, I will not I will not going I'm not going to find it very easy on me in the sense that you've like carried my support from me. Like how do you expect me to to cope? When I've been when I've always been used to you in the sense that if I'm in trouble, you are always there. When I'm successful, you are there. When I'm crying, you are there. When I'm angry, you are there. But all of a sudden, one morning I op I open my eyes and then turn. I don't see you anymore. I will feel so emotional. So I just get why Sammy Zane was just feeling the way he felt towards Jay. It's not as if Sammy has anything against Jay, but is a human being and human beings we always tend to work on emotions so i don't blame sammy zane for everything he said sammy was just like saying everything from a from a real life situation because of you they brought in some they had to trade in my partner my brother because of you i lost my opportunity to become tag team champions if if I had succeeded, maybe he would still be around. So he was just like pointing everything to Jay and he has every right to say it, but even I myself as a human being, I would have said the same thing to Jay also as a human being because you can't just come all of a sudden, you take away my partner, you take away my, my brother, somebody that I've known, somebody that I've worked with for almost two decades and then all of a sudden I don't see him anymore and then with the whole thing happening you just have a men your as in your your state of mental health is just like disturbing you you will not be able to concentrate you will not be able to think for yourself to know what as it is right now what is going through Sami Zayn's mind is what's next for Sami Zayn what am I going to do now because as it is now when Kevin Owens was there, you always know that, okay, you are going to become tag team champions. As it is right now, what Sami Zayn is actually telling himself is that, what is next for me? Where do I go from here? What do I do to make myself relevant again? Because as it is now, Sami Zayn, looking at his career, Sami Zayn is a main event player, like going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the tribal chief and almost, I say almost, becoming um, WWE Universal Champion. Almost. If not for um, this same Jay Uso coming out to aid Roman Reigns. I'm not like saying he came out to aid, but... Jey Uso came out, it was during that period whereby he was trying to find himself, whether he belonged to the bloodline or not, because if you could remember, at Elimination Chamber, 
Montreal. Jay came out, and when Jimmy was actually beating up Sammy, Jay didn't do anything. Then all of a sudden, as soon as Sami Zayn got up, it's not as if he intentionally hit Jay Uso, but he hit Jay Uso. And after hitting Jay Uso, that was when Roman Reigns came, hit the spare one, two, three. Meaning that if, if Sami had concentrated, instead of going to attack Jay Uso, because Jay was just like coming out to assist. At that point, Jay did not know who to even help at that, at that point, because from the Royal Rumble, Jay walked out, which we are all aware this year, Jay walked out from the bloodline. And wait, wait, what, where, where, where are you heading? Where are you headed with all of this? Are you trying to say that Sammy is right blaming everything on Jey Uso as if Jay doesn't even have his own um, problems to deal with or his own guilt to... Because obviously, Jay, that's the one thing everybody has been complaining since day one that Cody made this deal and had to move Jay to Raw. Everybody on the Raw locker room have a reason why Jay shouldn't be there. Because one way or the other, whether you have repented or not, you we can't forget that you have been the one that has stand shoulder to shoulder with your cousin to wreak havoc in our lives. You've 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 made us miss opportunities. You've taken opportunities from us. You've made us not to be where we wanted to be, all just because we are supporting your cousin. And just when they kicked you out, just when they 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 push you out, you are now being given grace by somebody somebody else. And now we all have to suffer for it. So you know, it was easy for Sammy to you know accept him back because he had his friend and brother with him. Exactly. You know. But now that he has nobody, now he feels just like the same way McIntyre feels. He feels the same way um, someone else, someone maybe other people uh, like Kevin felt. He feels the same way we just, now he, he, he doesn't have nobody to support him. So he now feels what everybody, every other person has been feeling. So, but him blaming everything on Jay as if it was only Jay's doing. When we know that the manipulator, the one that, you know, that, you know, planned and connived all of this is over there on Fridays, still champion. Our Thursday is raining, <laughs> but Jay has to be the one to suffer the bronze because now nobody wants to blame Roman. Because what will you do to somebody that has been raining for the past three years? Like, what can you do to him? He's the boss, he stays, he comes on if I like, he shows up when he wants, and he does what he likes. So, we cannot blame the person we can see, you know, he's the weak one, the one we cannot blame. So, in as much as I feel for Sammy because he now feels whatever other person is feeling, I still can't stomach the fact that everybody is now pushing to the blame on Jay. As if Jay is not also dealing with his own mental health issues. He's never like, oh, I mean, I have to, you know, I did. Obviously, it, at that time, it was the best thing for him to do because he was supporting family. He was he was fighting for the family blood. I mean, it was all family business. But now, the family is not exactly. for sure you. So what are you supposed to do when you have to be, you know, you have to deal with all the people, everybody's hate. So that part of Sammy blaming Jay, that one is, I don't know how to stomach that as a human being, no. But as a businessman, I'm like, dude, um, he has every right to blame because he's like, that's the next person to take the, the blame. You know, you have to take it. So, because they're the one available. So, <laughs> you're available for the heat. <laughs> so, that's just like, without us going full blown on that, I mean, we see how, because throughout this show, we will we, we'll see the thread of this story being told everywhere. You know, we'll talk about that when we get to another point of the, of the segment because at the end of the day, Sammy 
has the right to feel uh, the way he's feeling. But Jay also have the right to have a, a right. He also had the right to second chance. That's why Cody gave him that. But end of the day, everybody pushing the blame on him. That's one thing I don't say. So you know, let's move on here before we digress with a lot of Sammy talk and everything. So she's gonna come up because we can say in a false count anywhere match. So this was kind of like a redemption match for um, Nakamura to get his confidence back, and you know, um, the fall guy was uh, was now uh, ricochet. So the bearings and the pair begin broadening. I need I need to give them kudos. That this was one of the most incredible matchups from the two men so far um, in the WWE run. The bell rings and the pair begins running on the outside. Ricochet tosses Nakamura back inside the ring. But Nakamura delivers a kick to Ricochet's head. He follows it up with a knee into the, into the mix section. A back suplex. But Ricochet fires back with a code breaker and fires off the ropes. That sends him tumbling to the outside. He goes flying over the top and pins Nakamura on the outside. But Nakamura kicks out and sends Ricochet crashing into the uh, Tatantron uh, spine first. The bell continue brawling into the gorilla position but ricochet delivers a knee of the back of the referee nakamura and ricochet end up back in the ring in ringside area but ricochet delivers a standing moonsault he follows it up with his dragon uh dragon's crew and the shooting staff rest all uh, on um on the stage there back from the break ricochet delivers the moonsault off one of the entrance into the arena nakamura um, throws some popcorn into onto him and sends him crashing into the barricade spine first again then pulls up a table and two pairs of nunchucks i mean if you know the japanese nunchucks you know um nakamura was doing it as if he, you know he's is using candy i'm like what the fuck that shit is painful <laughs> and then he start cracking that over ricochet's spine then sets up the announce table and clears the announce decks ricochet gets him up on the table then ascends to the top Nakamura rolls out of the table and lands the GTS on Ricochet inside the ring. Ricochet delivers the 450 splash to Nakamura from the off the apron, and the two okay, and the two pushes um, Ricochet off the table into the outside. Um, it then pins him for the win. So Nakamura won this match. So what's the take on the match? Um, so we can move on from this. Okay, um, it was actually a great match. Um, we just got to show the part where, as in the beast side of Nakamura and also the beast side of Ricochet, in the sense that those two men brought everything to the table for that first count anywhere match. And it was actually the win for Nakamura was really needed because he just finished losing twice to Seth Rollins on premium live events. and. You, you needed that win in the sense that you want to keep on pushing your momentum, creating your momentum so that it will not look as if you started falling from grace. So it was just a, a much needed win for Nakamura. Kudos to Ricochet for the best match. That match was just the best. Like, I've never seen that kind of match before. Like, even Nakamura using the nunchucks like that. <laughs> it's the first time I'm actually seeing on the WWE platform where, where they are using nunchucks from Shaolin to do um, a false count anywhere match because I've seen so many weapons now with uh, McFoley, McFoley's or uh, what is, is it a uh, Barbie or 
I don't really know. But it's the first time I've seen him using nunchucks. But all the same, the match was pretty much okay. And Nakamura needed the win, like I said, so that he can, so that we all know what's next for Nakamura moving forward. So we had a segment between the ladies and, you know, Piper Nevin and Chelsea Green then head down to the ring. Natalia follows. So we, this was a Natalia versus Piper Nevin's matchup. Um, the two women look great. The bell rings and the crew locked up. And um, Nevin lands a shoulder tackle, but Natalia slaps her and fires off several right hands on her head. She follows it up with Orika Narana and twins her, but Nevin reverses the fall. Natalia kicks out and lands a drop kick across her face. Nevin responds with a kick to her face, but Natalia sends her crashing on, onto the opposite tumbuckle's face first. Nevin sends Natalia crashing onto the outside. Back from the break, Nevin ro- looks for a senton, but Natalia rolls out of the way. She then looks uh, looks, uh, looks for a crossbody, but Natalia once again moves out of the way, rolls Nevin up. Nevin kicks out, and Natalia lands a discourse lariat before locking, uh, looking to lock in the sharp star. Uh, Green hops on the apron, but Natalia is accidentally, accidentally sent crashing into her. This opens the door for Nevin to deliver a hair um, whip and uh, you know, a low crossbody for the pin. So this was Natalia winning the match. After the match, Naven and Green beat down Natalia before Tiginos came down to help provide um, a helping hand to Natalia. Um, we then head to the backstage to see Judgment Day talking strategy for tonight. Yeah, so for their respective matchups, Ripley walks in and um, the main priest asks where she's been. Uh, Ripley gives him a vague answer and Dominic asks if she needs him outside for her own match. She said no. She will handle business herself, and um, and that was it. Before we we went uh, for with the Rollins coming out um, as usual. So oh, before we head there, can you just give me your two takes on the two segments, the matchup, and then before we can move on, or if you decline for us to move on, I can do that for you. <laughs> no, I just have really um, some. A few words to say. Um, Natalia and Piper Nevin, that was a great match from both ladies. Natalia, a veteran, always ready to put younger superstars over. It was a nice one. And the segment with the Judgment Day guy, like, what, <laughs> what is the essence of? Because as you as we are looking at it like this, it's just like um, the bloodline now. Like, it's just like Roman Reigns going to go and settle his own business and somebody like Sami Zayn is like saying that he wants to come to be in Roman's side. Like, that's just what Dominic is trying to do with Rhea Ripley. Like, why would you go and tell Rhea such a thing? Very fully aware that Rhea can stand on her own. She's like the dominant um, woman in the ring right now. So Dominic asking all those things wasn't really necessary because let's for me, Rhea can even walk alone without any of those guys in the judgment day because Rhea is even times two better than the judgment day members. No offense to them, but that's just the truth. So that's just what I have to say for that segment. So, so we had um said Rollins call, coming out to call out Drew McIntyre. I mean, for a man that few weeks ago. He was being threatened and being beat up, up and down by Shinsuke Nakamura. And we were told and we were shown that Rollins' back is hanging by a thread. 
he's now walking and moving as if everything is fine. He's, he's having fun. He's partying out there with the fans and joining the sing-along and everything. I mean, if WWE have been doing a lot of things great, this one that they have missed the ball on. Because if you are telling me Rollins' back is hanging by a thread and you have him come out, the, I mean, last week was even crazier. To have him walk out there, dancing. I mean, for somebody that barely survived, he's not even selling. He's not even telling you. He's not even showing you how the people... I mean, is he, you know, Batman or something? I mean, I digress. So, Rollins welcomes fans to Monday Night Raw. Uh, Rollins then addresses his conversation with Drew McIntyre last week and, and what occurred when him and Priest and uh, Dominic Mysterio showed up. He explains that he was confused by McIntyre's action then calls him out to the ring, gets to get some answers. McIntyre music hits and he makes his way down. He explains that wanting Rollins at 100% for Crown Jew doesn't mean he's not... He, sorry, it doesn't mean he'll be visiting Rollins for the next couple of weeks. And Rollins says he can handle his business on his own. He questions if the same can be said for McIntyre. And McIntyre invites him to elaborate on what he said. Rollins calls for a video to be played of Adam Pierce chatting with Ricochet, pointing out McIntyre conversing with Ripley in the background. McIntyre claims that Ripley approached him, and what they discuss is none of Rollins' business. He says Rollins should be worried about losing his World Heavyweight Championship come Crown Jewel on uh, November 4th at Riyadh, uh, Saudi Arabia. Rollins assures McIntyre that his title isn't going anywhere. He says McIntyre has had many big success, successes and many failures, with the latter causing him to recruit some help from Judgment Day. Rollins warns him not to get tangled up with the, with the group, and McIntyre reiterates that he doesn't need anyone to fight his battles for him. He addresses Rollins' shortcomings with the bloodline, and Rollins becomes fired up. He tells McIntyre to move on from that and says, unlike Rollins, he doesn't need a crutch like a song. He says his WWE WrestleMania moments came in an empty arena and he stopped. He stepped up when WWE needed somebody too. He says he, he, says he captured lightning in the bottle at WWE car, a clash in, in the castle only to be screwed over by the bloodline. He then says that will happen that will happen once more at Crown Jew when he becomes the title, the new title holder. Rollins says he understands exactly how McIntyre feels, but all he's hearing is a bunch of excuses. He says that won't get McIntyre anywhere. And when he beats him at the upcoming premium live event, it will be the best thing to happen to him because he will have no one, no one to blame except for himself. And that was when, uh, that was how the segment ended. What's your take on this before we quickly move on to the next thing? Um, like you said, Seth Rollins fighting like somebody that did not even experience a battle on his back. Like, that's why I told you earlier that KFAB these days doesn't really sell again. Doesn't really sell again. Like, I don't know whether he's like trying to be a strong person, but for crying out loud, I could remember in 2002 the return of HBK when 
he had his first match at SummerSlam, and it was because of his back he had to retire from pro wrestling for four good years until he, until SummerSlam. And even when he came back, Shawn Michaels sold that injury that even when he was in the ring at SummerSlam, you could feel, you could see the fans feeling for him. Whether Triple H might actually break his back, and even after the 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 match, you could see Triple H using a sledgehammer on the back of Shawn Michaels. Where am I going with this? What I'm trying to say is that Shawn Michaels sold that back injury better than Seth Rollins is selling his own back injuries now. Now back to the segment, because that one is a, is a story for another day. This segment of Drew versus Seth Rollins, man, I'm not going to lie, but I feel this time around, Joe McIntyre will definitely win the World Heavyweight Championship from Seth Rollins. But there's a real true fear I have, and that fear is that what if they screw McIntyre again? What I mean is this. Imagine after McIntyre wins Seth Rollins, Damien Priest comes in, the judgment day, they attack McIntyre, and then Damien Priest cashes in and wins McIntyre at Crown Jewel. It will be, it will be that McIntyre fought for absolutely nothing coming out from, from Crown Jewel. So... Both of them trading blows at each other verbally shows that the pressure is now on both men in the sense that now McIntyre has this body inside of him that he has been screwed not once but twice by the bloodline. Now we are coming to face Seth Rollins and coming to tell Seth Rollins that 2020 during the pandemic and everything, you carry the company. I understand where he's going with this. And I'm not going to lie, but I feel if there's anybody Seth Rollins should drop that title to, it should be Drew McIntyre. And this is the right time for McIntyre to, or let me just say, not McIntyre, for WWE to capitalize on this. But they shouldn't be stupid enough to allow Damien Priest cash in. And even if he should, he should cash in at Crown Jewel, let it be in a way that he gets screwed in the sense that Seth Rollins saves McIntyre and costing Damien Priest. Because I'm not going to lie, I'm a Drew McIntyre fan and I really feel for him in the sense that McIntyre has lost countless opportunities and We've given him opportunity after opportunity to redeem himself. Intercontinental Championship against Gunther. I thought he was going to be the one to dethrone Gunther, but as you may have it, Gunther put McIntyre in his place. Now, we are facing Seth Rollins. I just want... Both of them are actually good, but I feel this is the right time for McIntyre to win the World Heavyweight Championship. And I wish both men the very best come crown jewel, but McIntyre has to win. It's a must win for McIntyre. Judgment Day should not even try me at all. They should not even try me at all because that crown jewel pay-per-view, I want to 
join everybody around the world to celebrate Joe McIntyre as the world heavyweight champion. Damien Priest should not even come out and cash in. Everybody should just stay where they are supposed to stay. Because if Joe McIntyre gets screwed again, man, there's nothing you will tell me. If McIntyre's contract expires, how do they used to say it? McIntyre is a E W all elites now. That's what we are going to will be seeing because this is the final opportunity for McIntyre to prove himself that he is championship material. So those who are behind the bookings of this match should do the right thing and make McIntyre world heavyweight champion at Crown Jewel. That is my take. Amazing. So um. Well, for what to contribute to what you are saying, I I I know Drew McIntyre has been chasing this dragon um, since I can say since Royal Rumble 2020 when he he, he did and he, he referenced that in his promo and I can get that part that you know somebody is trying to get back what he was always is and since then he has been, I'm not sure yet the the closest to what he had was. A clash at the castle with um Roman Reigns, but it was it was crude over because there was no way that belt was leaving Roman anytime soon. So it's just um it's just been chasing this over and over and over again, and I can feel for him as a as a human. But well, story over feelings. <laughs> so so uh, we'll see where this heads with him and Rollins come crown juice. I I actually did not really like their promo. I felt it was I it, it felt a little like ah. But well, we move. At least I see it. I'm sure the fact that they are trying to give me story. That's one reason why we love, a, uh, you know, trips over. You know, you know. Let's not go there. So Johnny Gargano versus Louis Kaiser, the Bell Rings. It was an incredible match. I would, I would have loved to go through the match, but for those that I would just like to just um go down to the the ending the ending sequence, um, you know, where we had um um he goes um. You know, there was, there was a great match and, you know, uh, with Vinci uh, also tr- um, interfering in the match and putting his eye in um, um, well, um, Gargano's face when he was about to win. So he goes for the pin, but Vinci rakes his eye to break the fall. Gargano flattens him and sends him his head repeatedly crashing into the announce decks. He now slides him into the ring and quickly hops out, which opens the door for Kaiser to land one of the most devastating kicks. So he's like, I heard the sound of that kind of like, damn, that's nasty. He followed up with a DDT, and Kaiser won the match. <laughs> but the biggest thing for after this match, what well, the biggest thing was after the match, when we went to the back backstage and we had a, 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 a segment between Drew McIntyre and another once again Sami Zayn on the show. So McIntyre warns him about giving Jay Uso an instant second chance, and Zayn says they don't see eye to eye on him. He tells McIntyre it's time to let the bloodline go, just like Rollins has told him earlier on. And he says he only thinks one is the only one who thinks Jay hasn't changed, which is referring to McIntyre. He says he knows how he feels and how hard it is to let the bloodline go. Trust him, he understands. McIntyre says Zen can't truly know how it feels, given he's, he's never been a world champion. Talk about McIntyre being a big dick. Like, why the fuck will you mention that? Like, <laughs> did you have to, eh, must you kick a man while he's low? 
you know, Ben then challenges him to a one-on-one match next week as a means of proving himself and McIntyre accepts the match. I mean, talk about, yes, I don't think you can understand what I'm feeling at the moment because why would you understand? I, I, I have a lot of things to say. Like, come on. Like, like why would he even say such a thing? Like, this is why I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you that we are basically going into a situation whereby Markin- they are trying to build McIntyre into a heel again. Like, why would you say such a thing? Okay, um, he has never been world heavyweight champion. Fine. But for you to have momentum by your side, that for me, what I would have used to counter McIntyre was that at least I am far better than you who didn't even have anyone around me when I won my World Heavyweight Championship from Brock Lesnar. Because Sami Zayn had momentum. Even when he was with the bloodline, you could easily tell that Sami Zayn was the baby face in that bloodline. Because any, every time people wanted to hear Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn was the hot kick during that period. Like, for McIntyre to say he has never been world champion, like, he, it's, it's a real low blow to, to Sami Zayn because somebody that sold out tickets in Montreal and nearly won the World Heavyweight Championship and Universal Championship from Roman Reigns at Montreal, like, you're not telling him that he has never... No, Sami Zayn is a main event player, like... Sami Zayn is the main event player. Like, okay, Drew McIntyre that is talking. Sami Zayn won the tag team titles at WrestleMania. And not just at any of the... It's not as if it was at the beginning of the show or middle of the show. Imagine main event of WrestleMania this year. You won the tag team Something McIntyre can never relate. Talk about oh okay he can relate yes. he's always, he's always with the crowd in front of a live in front of a live audience. Mm. I guess no so, that one know, was really low. Know, like... It's a three hour <laughs> still have a lot to get in here. Uh, I would have loved to go down with the women's match, but this this the match fell apart because of the interference from the the other outside unit. We had Najas come out, we had uh, Raquel come out, Zoe Stark came out. Like the match fell apart. These women were attacking each other. It was going the, the match fell apart. And, you know, uh, double disqualification because of the interference from the outside people. You know, so Ripley, but at the end of the day, Ripley, everybody... What were you expecting? Like, you were thinking um, Ripley was going to beat Shayna. Like, it's not going to happen. Shayna just beats the baddest woman in an MMA fight. So she has momentum on her side. Rhea as well. But Ripley has been on the since last year. I mean, Ripley has been one of the most dominant women in this company since last year. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be a very bad... It will be very bad on Shayna's career for Shayna to lose to Rhea Ripley after beating um, Ronda Ronzi at SummerSlam in an MMA fight. So, I really love the way the match ended because I, for one, I really... I wanted... It's to end that way in the sense that it will either end in a disqualification, double disqualification, or double countouts. That was just how I wanted the match to end. And you got your no wish. Contest. 
But I exactly. hope I hope you are ready for Crown Juice because um we head backstage and Becky Lynch talking with Adam Pierce, the, the new general manager for Manonero. Um you know, make um to make an NXT Women's Championship match defense against Indy Hartwell official for next week's episode of Raw. In walked Zaya Lee. Who? Who? Zaya who? <laughs> when last was she? Zaya Lee. Is she walking yet? I, I <laughs> please give me my give me my, my notes. I need to check. Wait, Zaya, Zaya was she not released? No, 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 I'm not. Uh, please, I apologize. I'm not trying to make for somebody's job here, but we, like Zaya Lee, I'm like, dude. Okay, so Zaya Lee walks in and you know asks where her tattoo shop is, making it clear that it will be. I'm like, you're coming here to ask of your tattoo shot. Now Becky wants to give your tattoo shot. Now you're now saying it's going to be on your time. Like, bitch, make a decision. Like, you want it or you don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, bro, this is crazy. So, in walk Jade Cargill. I mean, this girl has, mm. has been on fast Man, This girl I has can't... been on uh, uh, NXT with Shawn Michaels. This girl has been on um, SmackDown with uh, Nick Aldis and Rick uh, Chalafleta. I don't even know. Ooh, ooh. And now she's on Raw with Becky freaking Lynch, the man. So like where the like where is she going? Where she won't go? Like can they stop with the my team? Brother, I mean like, I'm always angry with fans that want to get something. No, 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 no. But this is the first time I'm like, also like, can you just give us where this girl wants to walk? Let her start walking immediately. We need to get this rolling. I'm tired of the teasing me with everywhere. She'll come here and do um teasers, teasers everywhere. I'm just you know, um I'm just you know, um uh, you know, on Friday, when she came in and met Charlotte, I was like, why is it every time they want to give Charlotte opportunity? Then all, all of a sudden, on Monday Night Raw, I saw her with Becky. I said, whoa. Like, whoa. And don't forget the fact that to, she went to NXT and they shaked and they, they took her in. Yes. They said, come on, guys, check. Come on, guys, see all of our girls so that we are going to fit to you. When you come, when you start work, we are going to fit all of them. So you come on, guys, see how they are. Talk with them and get them prepped to get feeding. Like tell them how you want to you want to get them feed. I'm like, and then she's a spot that we shall play. In as much as I like the 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 because in terms of like the star power, this is um, Triple H. Yeah. This is uh, Charlotte Flair. I mean, you we, we might not like where she's headed. We know we might not like at the moment with everything going on with her, but we cannot deny the fact that it's freaking Charlotte Flair. So you get. And then you have Jet, like the, it was oh. oozing star power. You're like, ooh, we don't want to see it, but we're like, ooh. I, I, I wouldn't want a situation whereby they give Charlotte that opportunity. Charlotte, they've just been spoon feeding Charlotte, please. I don't, I don't want Charlotte versus Jade. I don't, I don't also want uh, Jade versus Becky at the moment, or any, or Jade versus Bailey. The person I want is currently on her leave right now. And I know that when she's back, she and Jade, they are going to tear the house down. It's our sweet, athletic, the sexiest, the strongest, the fastest. Oh, I see, I see you, I see you. Please, let us go. The, the longest. Get me loud up. Thank you so much for all you're trying to do. But please let her rest. <laughs> let her rest. Talking about speed. No, talk, 
Truth be told, I really missed her. You know, let, let, please let the EST rest. Let EST rest, please. So, talking <laughs> about spoon feeding, Triple H and the WWE administration has been feeding us with great matchups when it comes to this man, the next man in question. Because the next match was Bronson Reed versus the, the ring general Gunther for the IC title. And talk about spin feeding us with great matchups, with struggle, with a fight, with a match that you'll be like, who the fuck is coming out victorious? This was Gunther. You have to give Triple H his, his accolades this time because Triple H to be the chief content creator and pulling out this kind of a match, it's, it's something that deserves an award. I mean, the bell rings and the two locked up. Gunther lands the boot on Reed, then follows it up with a pair of chops. Reed flattens him with a splash and the second one in the corner before the action spills out to the ring. And Gunther catches Reed with a chop as he goes flying out of the ring. He gets him back inside the ring. Um, Reed looks to ascend to the top, but Gunther levels him before he can deliver the chop on the apron. He looks to plant him, uh, plant him on it. But Reed counters with a back body drop and delivers the flying shoulder tackle off the apron. Back from the break, Gunther and Reed go back and forth with chops. No one, no one other. Reed eventually lands a kick and a power slam, then follows it up with a dead valley driver. That was nasty. And looks for a senton. Gunther gets up on his knees before the boatmen wind up on the top rope. And Reed executes a superplex. Gunther then delivers a drop kick and a clothesline, then ascends to the top rope and delivers a splash. He hits a power bomb for the win. I mean, this was a struggle. This match was crazy. Like, uh, you know, um, Reed's chest was, you know, it was colored. And Gunther was sweating and, like, asking himself, like, what the fuck just happened to me? Like, I just almost lost my title. <laughs> And I love, I like, love the, I love the facial expression. I love the selling. Now this one I should be actually from Seth Rollins, and this bastard is just there dancing up and down with skirt and blouse. I mean, I digress. <laughs> I digress. So you're leave me alone. <laughs> leave my Seth Rollins alone to dance his dance, please. <laughs> That's why they call him said freaking Rollins because he's a freak okay. on Monday Night Raw. Okay, so um, I think you don't have much to say about this because what can you tell me about Gunther that we don't already know? I mean, Gunther is a bad, he's a beast in the ring. There's, the there's nothing much to say about Gunther. There's nothing. The only thing I can say is that Bronson Reed really took Gunther to his limits in the sense that for Gunther to sweat, the only person this um, Bronson Reed is the only is the second person. That has actually made Gunther sweat in the ring. Chad Gable, Chad is the first person. No, no, I mean, it's, it's as if you are forgetting. Is, is, is Sheamus. What Sheamus did with Gunther. I mean, that's Guy. the best IC title <laughs> match to me. I mean, Clash at the Castle. See, it's not as if I forgot Sheamus. I'm talking about people that Gunther like underestimated now. Okay, that made him so like, okay, even Sheamus is worth. I did not expect that from you. Okay, I yes, get, I get. but when he went in into the ring with Sheamus now, even with McIntyre at WrestleMania, yeah. oh my he knew God, that he was God. in for don't the fight of his life. Much. I mean, those two bastards <laughs> were lying down on the floor. And that picture when the two of them were on the floor with, with, with beers on the eye, like, I'm oh my, you. we just survived. My brother. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> my brother. <laughs> Today, 
I said anybody that goes against Gunther, if you are this kind of wrestler that does not like a hard-hitting match, don't even say you want to challenge Gunther because Gunther is this kind of wrestler that is always hard-hitting. His chops alone. Bronson Reed will think twice before going against Gunther again now because all the matches Bronson Reed has been doing is child's play. They put him with Ricochet. He, Ricochet puts him over. And then you come with you, you face Gunther, or they put you with um, Chad Gable. You Chad Gable also put you over. Then you come to Gunther, thinking that it's going to be business as usual. Gunther showed you why he is the boss on Monday Night Raw. I know, when I, it comes swear, to I know they are on separate brands, but this just came to me. When it finally happens, the day they finally make that official, Roman Gunther, I swear. I am going to buy my popcorn. I'm going to get my beer ready. I'm going to get my <laughs> juice flowing because this back, like Roman has been, you know, you know, he's not going to make mouth. Like Gunther is going to make him like regret, you know, ever lacing his boots and calling himself the travel chief because the travel chief of that ring is Gunther. And if he ever makes his return, you know, there was another match I want to cut to you. See you know, will be Brock Gunther. I mean, Brock is one of the people that like, exactly. talk about. Big fight field. Let Brock know that man. I'm going to let you, you know, eat this cake, but you're not going to fucking have it. I mean, those are the two matchups. I'm like salivating. If it ever happens, I am fucking paying. You no, see those two, those two matches. Give him that match. Like those two matches that you mentioned, Roman versus Gunther. You know, at some point last year there was a particular teasing of that match. But they didn't give us that, that much. But if it, because end, we, it, it, it would not be better. If but it, now, <laughs> if, that, if, if that ever happens, if it happens, guy, yeah. if that match happens like this, a guy, I'm the one telling you, Roman Reigns might actually not win clean. And when I mean win clean, I mean that match might either end in a disqualification because Gunther. You cannot easily put Gunther down. And that reminds me, there is only one superstar that has put Gunther in his place. That was then, but I don't know now if he can still do it. He's the NXT champion, uh, Ilya Dragunov. Then if they can make that, that match official too, I'm looking forward to that match as well. Ilya versus Gunther. You just, you just reminded me their match during the pandemic, it was in it was around this time in October, in that empty BT, BT Sports Studios. Like, it was a one-hour bond burner. Like, after that match, I was asking myself, <laughs> what the fuck did I just watch? Tell me those two... It's as if they both owe themselves money, or you go pay my money, I mean, don't go pay my money. <laughs> like, dude... Man, like, and also the fact you mentioned Brock Lesnar, guy. Brock Lesnar is a beast. We have forgotten that Brock Lesnar is a beast. And somebody like Gunther now, I'm not. <laughs> I'm pretty damn sure that Brock Lesnar might not easily want to lose to Gunther because Brock Lesnar is going to bring everything, his skill set, and you have to watch out for that. His dangerous Kimura. Yeah. Man, if if we are if we are going to have Brock versus Gunther, forget it. There's something that does very perfectly. When he's in a match with you, 
and he now sees that this match is not going my way, it's as if everything he was doing before he was playing, he would just switch gear. And he's not even going to let you... Yeah, exactly. He wants to break your leg. He wants to crack your neck. He wants to... He's hitting you with... Ev- like, he's making sure he's hitting you with everything. And you could see, he was trying to lock in the, the, the sleeper lock, but he could not get it. He was hammering at it. Tried to hammer everywhere to see. Like, I like how he tries to scrap it to get a win. He struggles to get a win. Like, that's the one thing I like about that man when it comes to his, the way he handles his, his matchups. He makes you believe it's the same thing that is going to happen when he faces Roman or, or Brock Lesnar that's what is going to happen but those two I for one Roman is going to win but I don't know for Brock at the moment because Roman as, as it is right now Roman is number one in this business so I don't see Roman losing to Gunther of all people. No offense to Gunther if you're hearing this podcast, but Roman is going to put you down if you guys clash. And I'm going to say I don't agree with that because Gunther has done one of the best jobs in history when it comes to a transitional champion, also a transitional talent from the developmental talent, uh, sorry, the yes, developmental ground to the main roster. He has transitioned very well and god really came through for him when uh, triple h was being made charge because i'm not sure this will be the story if it was the other way around but we are digress back from the break we went backstage ripley going to confront uh Adam Pierce, and you know Pierce had enough and made sure that every other every woman that every woman that went out there with her to go to defend her championship in the fatal five-way match at crown jewel and uh, you know we had a, a scene with um, the alpha academy and also, a match was made between the New Day with the Alpha Academy for the first time ever. We have that match, but the the main thing out there for me is the main event where we had the Judgment Day versus Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes. The match was uh, an incredible one, uh, and you know I want to go that, like I did earlier because we are running our against time. We are trying to see how we can end this. So I would like to go with the final moment of the match. We had Crossroads. Um, Cody clocks him and looks for Crossroads. Balor counters have set up for one of his own, but Jay levels him with a super kick. Priest gets caught with one, and uh, Rhodes follows up with a crossroads. He goes for the pin, but Dominic places Ritz, uh, Priest's foot on the bottom rope to break the fall. Back from the break, Rhodes fires off right hands on Priest in the center of the ring. He follows it up with a pedigree, tags in Jay. Uh, Priest tags in Balor. Jay delivers a moment drop to Balor before landing a crossbody off the top rope. Jay lands back kick across the Jordan, reverses Cody 1D with Rhodes. He goes for the pin, but Balor kicks out. On the outside, Priest clears the announce table while Jay ascends to the top. Dominic looks to push him off while the referee is distracted, but Jay fights him off and goes flying. Balor gets on his knees, um, gets his knees up and goes for a pin, but Jay kicks out. Sammy then runs down to the ring to neutralize Dominic and sends him crashing into the ring post face first and ring steps shoulder first. Priest sends Zayn crashing into the ring post, but Rhodes dumps him into the crowd and looks to tag in. But Balor kicks him off the apron while he was about to do that with Jay. And Priest then delivers Razor's Edge. It's like a, a variation of a power bomb, but with an elevated move where he put Rhodes through the announce table. Jay comes flying over and levels Priest, but um, Balor lands a sling blade when um, Jay went back inside the ring, then delivers a coupe stone. Jay moves out of the way and lands a spear. 
then he ascends to the top for a Russo splash. Breeze goes after him, but gets caught with a spear also. Jimmy Uso then appears out of nowhere and takes a shot at his brother. And um, opening opening the door for Balor to ascend to the top and lands the Coupe de Gras for the one, two, three. So a new two times champion now, undisputed champion. Um, the judgment they retain their title, ending the short reign for um, Cody and Jay. Before I get your take, I am going to do my, I am going to do my take because I am fucking ranting here. If this was supposed to be the outcome, because I don't know for some reason I don't understand what is the meaning of this. I can't pinpoint why we had to do this because. We all, from day one, when Jake came to Raw, everybody said it like it was clear. Cody, straight to SmackDown. That face-off was supposed to happen. But this happened. They became tactics and we're like, okay, now he has the ticket to go to SmackDown anytime he likes and cause havoc. Now they took the belt off him. And now that ticket to go to SmackDown has been taken off. We are just a few weeks away from Survivor Series coming up also. You understand? We, I think we are a month or two away. A month, we are a month away from Survivor Series. I am looking set no. up to be like, yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah, like a, 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 a War Games match. But is it going to be with the bloodline also getting over? Because remember when, um, um, you know, um, Roman got angry with Jim, Jimmy saying, you know, I left um, for a few weeks and everybody is doing what they like. You know your brother is out there becoming talent champions with the, with the, or with or with Cody with my with the enemy, and you are out here calling the shots and you're you're, doing, you're not doing shit. And this was as if it was a call from Roman to go and disrupt the life of Jay, even when Jay and finally yeah. left the family, they are still disrupting his life outside the box. So it is really crazy to see. But at the end of the day, I understand. I get the fact that okay, with the story being told, they have you know they have created the thread. You know, the, the, you know, you came to my show on Friday and you had the, your balls to face off with me. You thought I am going to let that slide. I'm the tribal chief. I run WWE, NXT, Raw combined. I run the entire show. So I'm going to send my boy to come do the dirty work for me. But the hard truth here is the fact that they gave that titles, those titles to those people and they have to take them off. The, like, where do they go from there? How is this going to be possible? Like, what's the craziness going around that? And like, it's just a whole lot in one. And I know I would like to have your take before we call it a show for today. And like I told told you earlier that this is just like a build-up for War Games come Survivor Series. Now, the thing is, I really don't get why they made Jay and Cody win the titles in the first place at Fastlane. Like, it doesn't make sense if you are going to strip them off on the premiere um, show of Monday Night Raw. Like it doesn't just make sense. It doesn't sit well with me. Like it from the onset, everybody were like expecting Cody to be the one to move to SmackDown since he was the one that brought in Jay. Then they now only for we to discover that it was actually Kevin Owens that was traded to SmackDown from Monday Night Raw in place of Jay. Like the whole segment, the match and everything, like. The match was great. And twice, we all thought Jay and Cody were going to retain. Then all of a sudden, we were fed with this. Judgment Day becoming two-time champions. Like, 
when it doesn't really sit well with me, like I've just been, I've just been sitting down and looking at, thinking that's why when, <laughs> when you called earlier, I was like telling myself, what, what, what really happened on Monday Night Raw, the main event in particular, like these are two guys that have momentum on their side and then all of a sudden, where do they go from here after you? Because this team is not winning the championship. This one I call it strip, stripping, and it's even more worse than the Montreal school job. You, the, those guys were literally stripped of their titles on Monday Night Raw. And like you said, I watched the show on, on Friday night, SmackDown, and Roman Reigns, like you said, was like acting like a boss. Saying I live, <laughs> according to him, I leave the show for some weeks. Because <laughs> it's actually funny the way he was saying it, but he had a point. He said, I leave the show for a few weeks. I come back. Jimmy, I mean Jay and Cody are uh, undisputed tag team champions. <laughs> like if Roman Reigns has a way of manipulating people, and he told Jay. I mean, there was some something he told Jimmy, and this is just Jimmy being manipulated by Roman here in the sense that he told Jimmy to fix this. And as it is right now, Jimmy coming on Monday Night Raw to screw his brother, it means that Roman Reigns has, uh, has won again in the sense that we are going to see a War Games match Judgment Day and the Bloodline versus Cody and Jay for now because for now we don't really know who will be the three other guys on Cody and Jay's side but as it is right now Roman has succeeded in destroying Jay's life once again like this doesn't just make sense it doesn't just sit well with anybody who is a real wrestling fan like and my happiness is that even though it hurts but my happiness is that Cody was not the one who got pinned in this match, which means that there's this possibility of us getting to see Cody finishing his story. But now, the main question on everybody's mind is when will Cody finish this story? Because the plan for WrestleMania 40, The Rock already said that this is what is going to happen, that he will be free to have a match against Roman Reigns, that it's a match that is being planned to take place at uh, WrestleMania 40. So right now, my brother, I'm not going to lie, but I really, like I told you like earlier in the show, these days, the KFAB doesn't really play out a game in the sense that everybody were like expecting these guys to retain against the judgment day then in the last minute you see Jimmy coming out and and costing Jay and Cody the undisputed tag titles. Man, he doesn't sit well with anybody. Now the question is where does Cody go from here? Because as it is right now, Cody cannot go to SmackDown except if and only if it's maybe during that survivor series period in which brands can, can inter switch 
we can go to several brands, but for now, the question on anybody's mind, like you said, where does Cody go from here? What will happen to Jay? Like the whole thing is just crazy, my brother. Like I don't really know what to say anymore, but I'm looking forward to where this story goes from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw. I'm just waiting to, to see what's going to happen on SmackDown with Jimmy doing the bidding of the tribal chief. And then on Monday Night Raw, we get to see what's next for Cody and what's next for Jey Uso. So yeah, that's pretty much it for now. All right. Um, because even me, I'm the same thing. Because right now, I like the fact that um, the, the company has started planning for not only Crown Jewels, we have planning for Survival Series, we are planning for War Games, we have plans, every story, there are stories thread everywhere, Sami Zing story, Dominic Mysterio story, Kondro story, Jehuso story, Dubakataya story, Ripley story, like stories everywhere. Now that's one thing WWE is doing right, because when it comes to them, it's character and stories over the pro wrestling. I thought that we'll get peace, and like, oh, we need pro wrestling, but at the end of the day, if we just have matchups for matchups, what, um, what the fuck are you doing? So I know they appreciate the fact, and I thank you so much, ID, for taking time to do this with me. Thank you. This was um the Chronicle Podcast, the um Tuesday Morning Text Episode Seven with your host Samuel Lyon and my co-host Emotionalist ID. Thank you so much. I look forward to doing this with you next week. Although next week will be a bit challenging because we're starting exams, but well, we move anyhow. The show must always go on. We'll try as much as possible to put down this show for you next week. But thank you so much, ID, for taking time to do this. I really appreciate your takes and everything you were able to do for me today and the brand. Thank you yeah, so well, very much. Well, this was thank the you for takes with me, Samuel Lyon, and your code once again, ID. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you too. You have come to the end of this episode on The Chronicle Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share, and watch out for our forthcoming episodes. Thank you for listening to The Chronicle Podcast. Thank you, and God bless.